Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game Talk Live podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Roman, and if you'd like to watch the show live and interact with us in chat, you can find us at 2 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter at Game Talk Live. Enjoy the show. Today on Game Talk Live, we discuss Overwatch's latest social features as well as updates, including Hero 28, that are shaking up the game. Let's roll. Happy Monday, everybody. I'm Mandy Roman, and welcome to Game Talk Live, where we discuss the biggest video game news of the day, live with help from our chat audience. Joining me now are three expert guests to discuss these gaming topics and more. First up is Sophia. Sophia Harris is a video game journalist who specializes in Overwatch and the Overwatch League. She has produced articles, videos, and podcasts for a variety of Norwegian, British, and American outlets the past four years. Sophia has also worked as a film critic and photographer and is currently studying film and television production in Los Angeles. Hi, Sophia. Thank you for having me. Hello. Glad to have you back. Joining us, also joining us today is Courtney, also known as Glitch. She's been a staple in the YouTube video game community. Not only is she known for her video game music compositions, but she has been seen doing various Nintendo-related playthroughs and is very active within the Overwatch esports community. Hi, Courtney. Hey, what's going on? All right. Perfect. It's going to be a good day. I'm really excited. A lot of, a lot of great uh, Overwatch faces here today. And someone you guys might know from prior episodes, it's Doomstash, a.k.a. Matt Buholtz, an esports consultant and gaming enthusiast specializing in Overwatch. When not at the Blizzard Esports Arena, you can catch Matt on podcasts such as Overwatch League Daily News, breaking down team dynamics, and prophesizing new metas. Hi, Matt. Hey, Mandy. I need to trim down that intro. I'd no, say I too liked it. Much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, an intro for today's show. Here we go. Overwatch's toxicity problem has been prevalent ever since launch, but the game's latest update is looking to take a different approach in dealing with poor sportsmanship. The new endorsement feature draws attention to good behavior rather than highlighting bad behavior, incentivizing positivity with teammates and opponents alike by rewarding good sportsmanship with bonus XP and loot. But is this a true solution to toxicity? How does this encourage players to act more positively? Matt, why don't you start us off? Oh man, so the endorsement system is great because it makes you completely focused on like, what can I give other people? Uh, do you want to call them a shot caller, a sportsmanship bonus, or you know, even just like straight up strategist stuff where if you play well, people are going to appreciate you for it. I've seen already, whenever I use my mic, I get shot caller stuff. If I'm not using my mic, but I'm still playing well, maybe I get sportsmanship. But it's really fun, and it makes you feel so much better for what you're doing in the game than just, like, the previous very quiet and someone gets really salty. Mm -hmm. uh, Sophia, what do you think about this uh, new change? I agree. I, th I think it's fun. I think the endorsement system is working well so far. Uh, a lot of fake... Uh, happiness and fake joy and you know, sportsmanship, <laughs> which I'm not going to complain about. It's better than people being hateful and saying trash. So I'd rather have people fake complimenting each other and being like, you're great at every hero. You would probably even be great at this hero. Instead of saying, can you change please right now? So I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, time will tell, but as for right now, I'm, I think it's great. I'm having fun. Yeah. Uh, so Courtney, Sophia brings up artificial positivity. Do you think uh, this might uh, <laughs> kind of bring up some disingenuous endorsements? And it doesn't really matter. 
Um, honestly, it doesn't really matter because it's like all, you know, you don't see the person behind, you know, the handle. So it doesn't matter if they're fake or real as far as uh, positivity within Overwatch. As long as it doesn't affect your gameplay, you should be good. But I love the endorsement system so far. I think it's a great addition to Overwatch. Uh, I've tried it on all my accounts. I haven't tried it in ranked yet, so I don't know what to expect. But quick play so far, I love it. Mm -hmm. um, so for me personally, I've already noticed kind of the frequency in which endorsements are doled out and between now and say day one is dwindled a little bit. I feel like people aren't giving them out as frequently. Um, do you think this should be something that's forced onto players that after the end of each match, they have to endorse somebody? Matt? Oh, no. I think it should completely be optional. Mm -hmm. um, I think once we see rewards start rolling out, like we saw in the uh, new social features video that Blizzard released, we're going to see a lot more endorsements coming anyway. Um, I think that we see a little bit of dwindling because there's like a 12-hour limit in the amount of time where you can endorse someone. Mm -hmm. Also, when you play with friends, you can endorse your friends, yeah. which is smart. I mean, you don't want to just like load those up, but you're going to see a little bit of a dwindle. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, so just so it's uh, stated, uh, you can endorse up to level five, I believe, at this point. But uh, rewards haven't been, I guess, doled out, if you will, yet. And you do get XP for giving an endorsement and receiving. So all good stuff. Um, so uh, talking about negative behavior, that's also taken into account for your endorsement level. So if you receive a, ma a major infraction, like an account ban, you'll be bumped down to an endorsement level of zero. Courtney, do you think this is too harsh? <laughs> No, Blizzard, they got to put the hammer down. If you're being a trash person within their game, they're going to let you know because they don't want people like that within their game. So go ahead, bring them down to level zero. Let them know that, hey, you're messing up here. You need to fix your attitude or else you won't be welcomed in this community anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, Sophia, do you agree? Do you think uh, this is uh, fine? This isn't too harsh? I mean, yes, I guess. I, I just remember way back in the day, seasons and seasons ago I lived in Norway and had Norway internet which was not fun because I would get kicked a lot and so I think if I remember correctly I ended up on a ban and you know after I got my internet fixed that wasn't a problem anymore obviously but you know thinking about endorsements versus you know the new uh, finding a group feature it would be you know kind of Blame for me saying I'm a good person. I haven't said anything toxic or done anything, mm -hmm. but yet I'm thrown down to zero. Maybe people don't want to play with me, even though that might be an issue that was fixed. I don't know if if it should be you know different punishments for different kind of reasons for being kicked. If it was just being kicked from matches because of whatever, mm -hmm. maybe that should be one level. But if it's actual reports of toxicity, maybe then it should be down to zero. So I'm not sure how that's going to work, but I mean, it's harsh, but yeah, maybe there should be different levels of mm -hmm. how far you get punished sure. for it. Um, so your endorsement level can also drop over time for minor things like leaving a match early or maybe disconnecting or failing to receive endorsements over a stretch of time. So kind of with like this degrading over time system, um, Matt, would you say this, this, this feature is kind of up to the community to keep alive? I think so, but I mean, you're looking at a feature already that should be a community feature. It's something where mm -hmm. you're appreciating your fellow players, you're letting them know that you appreciate what they did. And like the endorsements, I mean, it's gonna be hard to get those. Like right now the rumors are it's like 50 endorsements for level two, 150 for level three, and continuing to escalate after that. So it, it takes a bit of time to get up there, but I don't think that that depreciation will be as rapid as a lot of people think. Mm -hmm. And if it becomes an issue, I think Blizzard will just slow the decay. Sure. 
All right. Well, it only took two years, but we finally have matchmaking in Overwatch. Uh, <laughs> meaning, I personally don't have to get stuck in Flex. Uh, the new system <laughs> takes place prior to entering a match, where you'll see a drop-down of groups looking to fill, fill roles. But, say, rather than queuing for your role in some other games like League of Legends, you'll see the available slots and groups to join. Uh, Sophia, do you think this was the best way to accomplish matchmaking? Um, are, the, are there improvements you'd like to see, or do, the, do you think the system works? Well, I haven't personally tried it out, so for me to speak a lot about it, I really can't. But I think it's a good way. I think it's great that you can see what uh, roles is needed for certain groups, so you just don't find a random group. Uh, and, you know, it's good for people that, you know, don't want to just solo queue and hope for the best. I think it's a good feature. I think it's good that they're trying it out. And, you know, I, I don't see a real negative to it as of right now. So I think it's good that they're testing this out. Yeah. Courtney, as someone that has multiple Overwatch accounts, how do you feel <laughs> about the new matchmaking system? Um, I think it's good because um, in the past, uh, especially during the insane Mercy meta, you would have five Mercy mains on your team. And we're like, we need a fix for this. And it's not exactly like queuing for a role specifically to you. So this is kind of like their loophole around the issue. Kind of like a backdoor. Mm -hmm. I like it so far. I've tried it in a few of my Overwatch accounts. I have yet to try it in placements yet, but I want to test it out and see how effective it is. And it also helps other people, you know, try to learn a different role, even though we're about 11 seasons into the game. Mm -hmm. uh, the groups uh, fill so fast, it can take a bit of time to find the group for you. Has that been the case for you, Matt? Oh, no, I've matched pretty quick, which mm -hmm. has been fairly lucky. Um, but I also don't have the most strict restrictions on how I'm looking for group. Okay. Um, you can set where you actually lock into a role and you cannot shift out of that. That's not how I play. I play much more in a flex sort of how do I adapt to the other enemy team, which is how I personally like Overwatch. Mm -hmm. I like being able to say, yeah, they've got this character. I'm going to play the counter to it. Um, but you can lock in. So no matter what, like if you pick tank, you're stuck in a tank role. And so if you go that specific, it's just like anything else. You're going to have a more and more you know, granular and slow time to get through where you want to be matched. Right. So, uh, Courtney, you touched upon this a little bit with uh, a bunch of Mercy mains, but do you think um, this new matchmaking feature will actually encourage more one-tricking? Because if I'm only join joining groups to heal or, say, tank, I'm less inclined to play other roles. Um, as far as one-trick, I wouldn't say to a hero specifically, but more to a role itself. So if you have a DPS player that wants to switch over to support for a season, they have that option to solely be in support uh, because of the, uh, the group and matchmaking selection. Mm -hmm. Same with all the other roles. If, uh, like, what if the Mercy main or does a support main wants to try DPS? That's great. You have, like, Blizzard's giving you the tools to help you achieve that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, Sophia, what do you think? Does, will this encourage more one-tricking? Or, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts there? I mean, I agree. I think it's more of uh, going into a certain role rather than just a single person or a single character, which I think is good. I think it's okay for people to say, I just want to play support or I just want to play tank and giving them the opportunity. And, you know, as we've mentioned, we're so far into the game now that I think a lot of people have found their position but are still trying out different roles. And I mean, now that we're seeing new characters, metas are changing. And so I think people now are more looking into getting better at different characters rather than just sticking with 
say the mercy, for example.、Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> Sophia, I wish that was the case for me. I still have not found my place <laughs> in competitive yet. We'll see. We'll see what happens.、Um, so, personally, I'm. Let's talk about the horizon changes. I'm super hyped up about these horizon changes.、Um, aesthetically, the map looks a lot more, I think, polished and finished、uh, to me. And I appreciate that they got rid of the dreaded widow corner, as I talk、uh, on point B, as I call it on point B.、Um, Matt, do you think this map needed a facelift? I, th- I think it did. I mean, not just the aesthetics of it, but that point B was brutal.、Mm-hmm. If you were if you were attacking point B, like you rarely saw someone take that without a really convincing like take.、Uh, it was just way too easy for defenders to get to the point and contest. It was way too easy for people to just like block off the entrance,、uh, flipping that around and making a little bit more. Giving a few more options was something that was desperately needed for Horizon.、Mm-hmm. The aesthetic things are nice, but Point B was like where it really shines for me. Right. And、uh, how do you guys feel in general about the frequency of new maps in Overwatch? Are there too many, or are there too few,、uh, Courtney?、Uh, so if I remember correctly, last year, right before Horizon Lunar Colony got introduced, Blizzard made a statement that we want to include new content each month, and they've been true to their word ever since. So I love the additions of new content to keep the game somewhat fresh, and to include people that have maybe left the game or new players are coming in.、Uh, with maps, I know how hard Blizzard works on their maps, so we're not going to get them as frequent as we want to. But the fact that we just got Rialto and they added an update to Horizon Lunar Colony, which fun fact, it came out almost a year ago from this date. Wow! And yeah.、Uh, uh, Just like Matt said,、uh, for the changes for Horizon Lunar Colony, they were definitely needed.、Uh, one thing that I noticed while going into、um, PTR before they went to live servers is on point A, a lot of people like to run the Arisa comp. So if you're defending on point A on the top left corner, you always have the Arisa shield. But now on the live servers, you have barriers, so you're not forced to lock into an Arisa or a Reinhardt or a Winston.、Uh, you don't have to constantly worry about your snipers getting dinged from the attacking spawn.、Mm-hmm. You now have your own cover barriers. Same thing for、uh, point B. Now you have that extra higher ground coming from spawn on、uh, the top right portion.、Mm-hmm. So it's a bit more friendlier for the snipers, and it's a bit Uh, more friendlier to、uh, your tank role, so you're not automatically locking in Arisa or Reinhardt. Absolutely.、Um, so, so let's talk about kind of the、um, the amount of maps that currently exist.、Um, Sophia, what what does multiple maps kind of do for the meta? Do you think they keep the competitive teams on their toes? Does it keep the game the game industry? Industri- excuse me, interesting. <laughs> And you know, how do you keep them all balanced? Because I feel like some maps can be very one sided, like the original、um, Horizon was. Yeah, I mean there is sort of the hate for two CP maps, and you know Horizon was never a favorite of mine、uh, because of the fact that as an attacker you always feel I don't have you know the same amount of privilege as you have you know so I but I think it's good I do like a variety of maps because it does create different metas as we've seen in the league you know I, it's it's nice to have the variety of different maps not just how they. You know, aesthetically look, but how they work, and I, I think it's good that they are focusing on more maps because it does create more metas、uh, and and keeps it fresh. And I like Rialto; I thought that was a cool map,、uh, a lot of different cool new angles to work with.、Uh, Horizon, I, I'm not sure that the changes did enough for me to say it is now my favorite map. You know、mm-hmm. what I mean? Because in in the end, it's still two CP. There will <laughs> always be the defenders will always have an advantage. There will that will never change. 
But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's cool that they are focusing on giving you maps. And I do like that it took the time to try to reshape some of it and make it look different and feel a bit better for the attackers. Sure. Matt, is there another map you feel could use either a facelift or a little bit of tweaking? Oh, man. I mean, it depends. Because right now we're in this really odd state of flux with characters. You've got Symmetra teleporters everywhere now. <laughs> and that changes every single map. Like, now Orissa can be anywhere. Reinhardt can be anywhere. Bastion can be anywhere. So any verticality that previously existed is now open playing field for any character. And I think we're going to see a lot more maps start to have changes needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which ones those will be, but I'm guessing a large portion will start to show more spots where people can exploit it. Like we saw that from Libero originally when he was on Meta Athena. He found ways to exploit every map with May and with Lucio. Mm-hmm. He had all those crazy boosts on Eichenwald that they had to take out. And now that everyone can play and do what I call mountain goading, where you try and like find a spot where you can stick something way high up uh, with the teleporter, um, I think we're going to see a lot more breaks coming. Yeah. Courtney, what do you think? Uh... Uh, Matt pretty much hit most of it because we're in a very, very weird spot with Overwatch. You have changes coming through. You also have changes coming in for Sombra and Toyburn soon. So that's going to be a whole new what? Um, what I really like about the maps for um, King of the Hill maps is that they're balanced on each side. You have the same terrain. It's like, what comp will you run on that terrain to pretty much outplay the other team? You can't have that for every single map because not every map has the same game mode. So it's really hard to tell for the remaining of the maps. I would say they would start with 2CP because 2CP in general is defender, you know, it favors the defender side more than the attacking side. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I can see them doing changes to would be Volskaya and Hanamura. They both favor high ground tremendously. And the game actually favors high ground over low ground. And I don't know what Blizzard can do to help uh, make it more balanced, but they can start with 2CP and then roll it out to the remaining of the maps. Sure. Sophia, is there a map that you think could use some tweaks or changes? I mean, you touched upon Hanamura. I mm-hmm. completely agree. Uh, same with... I mean, it's... Yeah, every map could use a tweak. Because, like, that's the thing. With all these characters, we have to see what's going to happen. And I think through through the Symmetra we work and through... I'm going to call him Hammond. Um, yep. <laughs> what, what that will do to the maps, I feel that will reveal things that need to be changed. So, yeah. you know, I think, yeah, the teleporter especially, I think that's where you're going to see what needs to be worked out and what doesn't. Well, and Hammond being able to swing underneath maps is a, its its own can of worms. So speaking of Hammond, after months of speculation about him, Blizzard has unveiled their 28th hero, Wrecking Ball, an adorable hamster in a mechanical ball. The new hero's unconventional playstyle and bizarre moveset are currently making him a force to be reckoned with on the PTR. Alongside buffs of Overwatch's often ignored heroes, things are bound to get interesting as Season 11 gets rolling. Has the Overwatch team gone off the rails with Wrecking Ball, or do you think this new hero will be a welcome addition to the roster? Courtney, start us off. (laughs) Uh, Hammonds. I like to call him Hamtaro, but uh, Hammond, he's a great addition to uh, Overwatch in general. He's not a support. He can't be a DPS, flex DPS, uh, but he's in the tank role right now, and he's not considered a main tank. He's considered a flex or slash off tank. His mobility is what makes him special. He has great damage output, but his mobility will change 
just how the game works. Uh, so if you're contesting a point, you don't have to send out a tracer or a doomfist. You can just send out the hamster and he'll do it for you. <laughs> just send out the hamster. Uh, <laughs> but why not jetpack cat is my, why is it going to be a hamster? I was very upset it was not the cat. It's fine. Um, so do you guys think Blizzard deliberately has taken to misleading fans and their teases as a way to protect against spoiling the surprise? I mean, Matt, I know you go full in when we're speculating about the next hero. So, you know, let me know what you think Blizzard's uh, tactic is here. I mean, I, I think they do a certain amount, but I think they also learned from the Sombra ARG not to do too much. Um, the Sombra ARG massively backfired for Blizzard and just built up expectations that could not be reached. So I think by making it a little bit more vague and in a way making it harder to guess what's coming up or misleading, it gives more stages for fans to process through just organically without building up all that hype. So it's impossible to build up hype for a hamster ball hero <laughs> if you think it's going to be a chimp that rides on people's backs. You know, like right. you, you will have all these other things going on and that keeps you busy on your own without putting any of that pressure on Blizzard as a publisher to you know, help amplify that. Sure. Well, Randall Hammond in chat, no lie, that is his name. Uh, Wrecking Ball should not be the name. It should only be Hammond, <laughs> says Hammond. <laughs> right. So, Sophia, do you think Blizzard is totally just, it's just gone off the rails with this new hero, or do you think he fits quite well into uh, the current character lineup? Well, I mean, as we mentioned, I do like a tank that has some mobility. I think that's what we lacked, especially with Birgitta coming in and being such a good counter to a lot of tanks. It's nice to finally have someone who can just roll around, who can uh, be on the payload. And yeah, just, I, I do hate the name as well. I got it. It's Hammond. <laughs> Come on. I just, I can't, I can't imagine the Overwatch League them saying, here comes Wrecking Ball. I just, I can't hear it. I hear Hammond. Um, I don't know if they're going to change that or not. I kind of hope they will. But I think it's I think it's a fun new character. I think it's great that they're having some sense of humor. Uh, it, it's fun. It's heartbreaking when he dies and just like falls out of the <laughs> little mech. It's, it's it, it breaks my heart. But I don't know. I think it's fun. I do. It, I like that it was completely unexpected. I mean, who who could have? And and yeah, as as you said, like the the fact that there was no there was no hype. We couldn't. We didn't know what to expect. That was so much better than having all these ideas of what they would be. Mm -hmm. so I think it was a fun surprise for everybody. I love people that have like, that do races against each other in ball shape. I think that's really <laughs> oh fun. Oh my Maybe gosh. the new Lucio ball. That was amazing. Was yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm so. It. I'm all for it. Yeah. All right, so Sophia agrees it should be Hammond. Uh, Courtney, should it be Wrecking Ball or Hammond? Or it should be Hammond. Hammond. It should be Hammond. I'll tell you one thing. Earlier today, when I went on to PTR to play with Hammond, I went to my settings and I was looking for Hammond instead of Wrecking Ball <laughs> to change specific settings for him. I'm like, come on, Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, what do you think? Good name? I like, name? I like Hammond, too. They won't change it, but I like Hammond better. It's easier to say. Yeah. All right, so uh, we talked a little bit about his kit. Uh, let, let's talk about it. I mean, he's a tank hero with high mobility. He's got quad cannons and a grappling hook that lets him swing around and in some cases underneath the map. Um, <laughs> excuse me, can we? Yeah, let's just look at this clip for a second here because this is just nuts to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> just fucking incredible. So, oh, oh my God, I said the F word. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> all right. It's a serious news show. Um, all right. So, Matt, what do you think his kit brings to the meta? Do you think he'll disrupt it at all like we saw with Brigitte, like Sophia brought up? Yeah, he'll be completely different. But, like, 
it's a very high skill floor and a very high skill ceiling character, which I think is desperately needed in competitive Overwatch. Right now, it's really hard to define between really good players and pro players. And characters like this, characters like Doomfist, characters like really good Genjis or Faras, mm. that does it. So having more like that is going to help. Whether he'll, quote-unquote, disrupt the meta entirely, I mean, he's got some good counters, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it really depends on how you find out how to use him. Because just like Ana, I mean, Ana dropped in, and until you found out Beyblade, she was not picked. (laughs) (laughs) Courtney, what do you think? Do you think it's going to really disrupt the meta, or it's kind of just like, whatever, new hero, it'll be fine? Um, I can see it disrupting the meta. Uh, Hopefully change it for the better. I've seen Hammond being a good counter against Brigida used in certain comps. And I really, really can't wait to see Hammond being played at at a high level. You saw how Doomfist was being played by Hydration. You're like, what? Just imagine that, but with Hammond and seeing how uh, pro players can uh, teach the community all the tips and tricks, map, like breaking the map itself so other players can pick it up. I'm just waiting for that to come in. Mm-hmm. So speaking of another character that could disrupt the meta, as we brought up on the show already, uh, Symmetra underwent a massive rework. Uh, Sophia, do you think this rework was necessary and does this now make Symmetra a more viable pick in, say, higher SR games? I think it was. I think she needed a change. It, it was so sad to have that character just never be played. Because she has some cool things to her. And I think the... I mean, the the fun thing about the teleporter, there's a lot of things, you know, you can send a diva bomb through it. There are a lot of weird little kinks that might need to be switched. But I do love her new turrets. Uh, I also play a lot of Mercy, and I've been killed by them numerous times. More so <laughs> than I used to do. Which is a good thing, you know, that she's now finally... A character to be afraid of and not just somebody running around on Temple of Anubis and kind of doing stuff. So I'm, I'm super excited about her. I think it'll be cool. I like that she doesn't lock in on uh, others anymore. You have to actually aim. That's really good because in Moira is enough. We, we don't need more lock-ins. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's great. I'm excited to see her being played more. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt. I always thought of you as the Symmetra main. So how do you feel about the changes and were they necessary? Uh, I had a 100% win rate with Symmetra in Season 10. Um, I definitely think she needed changes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, she was way too easy to play at my skill level. And uh, I think that it's amazing. I think there's a lot of really cool things you can do. I think it, that's going to be the meta shift and meta shakeup over Wrecking Ball any day. Like I think that the maneuverability and verticality that she brings is insane. I miss the shield, but the uh, new ult is pretty neat. Uh, I like what that does for contesting payloads and being able to move people around. Sure. So uh, were these changes, say, a result of players who don't play Symmetra complaining, or was this Symmetra mains pushing for tweaks? Because I'm seeing a lot of comments online where people just didn't know how to deal with Symmetras, and they just kind of, you know, a lot of people have this habit of jumping around when a Symmetra beam was on them. So, So Courtney, what do you think? Where do you think the change came from? Uh, so funny thing you should mention, mention that when she got her first rework uh, back in 2016 November, nobody knew how to deal with her at all. It took about about a good two seasons for people to adapt. This time around, she's actually more of a reliable pick. And uh, I didn't really understand why she was in a support class when she clearly did DPS. And I like how uh, it actually takes skill now to play Symmetra. You have more to her kit now, you have more to utilize, and now you have to actually have to consider playing around and with your team when you're playing with Symmetra. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's a bit of both, 
because it was definitely needed. She wasn't picked for a reason because she wasn't good. She wasn't in a good spot. Nobody wanted to play with or against her because it's not fun for anybody. Mm-hmm. So Blizzard took a look at that as saying, hey, we have to do something to make people enjoy this character that we put so much work into. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sophia, speaking to that, do, uh, you know, we're also hearing about changes for Sombra and also Torbjorn. Do you think those were, are two heroes that do need tweaks and changes? Uh, I do. I think it's interesting, and I think especially given that Hammond uh, <laughs> is now a thing, I think Sombra is such a good counter to Hammond, and I think she was also a good counter to Doomfist, but there were, yeah, there were things that made you not really want to pick her, and so, yeah, I think they're cool. I think Torbjorn, too, uh, love to see him with a Symmetra, you know, using a <laughs> teleporter with his turret. That's going to be real fun. Um, no, I, I think it's. I think they do. I, I like that they are looking at these heroes who aren't typically picked and trying to figure out what to do with them. And yeah, we saw some really good somber plays in the league, and I'm I'm excited to see how it's going to work. And if I'm not mistaken, you can't um, you can't be on the payload and contest when she's invisible. Which, mm-hmm. if that's correct. if that's correct, I mm-hmm. think that's I think that's good because. You know, I think it's cool that she can just be invisible for as long as possible, but you need to actually play her. Mm-hmm. And so I think that'll be a cool thing to see how people, especially, you know, pros, will balance that. And so, yeah, I'm excited. Sure. Uh, Matt, what do you think about Sombra changes? Uh, I don't like the Sombra changes. I think that there was a lot more skill in, like, knowing how to time her out. I thought that that was a lot more, mm-hmm. like high skill level to be like, okay, my transponder's every 15, my stealth lasts this long. You saw like gladiators uh, using it to scout at the beginning of last season. That was really cool. Like there'll be some interesting things with it, but honestly, like I'm wondering where the community stands on the idea of reworking characters to the level that they're doing with Torb and Symmetra when that could just be a new hero. Like going back and revamping these characters that already exist versus, I mean, we heard about Symmetra's ultimate over a year ago when Jeff was talking about a new hero that could block off maps in a way never before seen. So that's a new hero that has since been pushed or delayed or whatever Mm -hmm. to give a kit to someone else. And it's not the first time we've seen that, but I wonder when we'll hit the point where they just start abandoning old characters and deciding, you know what, this one might not work for every situation. Maybe that's a quick play character or an arcade character, but we're going to keep building out new characters with new kits. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, this has been a great discussion. A huge thank you to all of our viewers <laughs> and our guests for being here. Tell us what you're currently working on and where people can find you on social media. And we'll start with Sophia. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at it's Sophia H. Uh, besides that, I will start streaming soon, hopefully. Uh, Twitch.tv slash swordfishkiss and sophiaharris.com for my portfolio. And that's pretty much it. All right. Thanks, Sophia. All right, Courtney, what do you currently have going on and where can people find you <laughs> online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and on YouTube. I'm Right now, I'm currently working on some lo-fi renditions of video game music. So if you like some chill music, I'm doing that right now. Awesome. Perfect. Thanks, Courtney. All right, Matt, what do you currently have going on? Oh, man, too much. I'm really <laughs> excited that the Gladiators are in the final or in the championships. I'm excited to see them go through the playoffs. Uh, but you can find me across the Internet at GGMattB across everything. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Game Talk Live. If you like what you hear, give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Game Talk Live. Mandy Roman, signing off.